This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, we wrap with Roycey. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays here. You can also find Roycey Unchained with Judd on the Roycey Unchained podcast feed. Uh, Pat, Norm MacDonald died of cancer yesterday, which, by the way, I'm sure he'd have some hilarious jokes about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he would. Uh, 61 years old. And uh, he'd had it for nine years, and basically only the the woman that's been his companion knew it. He didn't tell his family. Mm. He didn't tell uh, any of his friends. He just kept it to his uh, himself. I was reading that uh, she said, the, the companion said that uh, he didn't want to go to uh, do comedy, you know, stand-up appearances and have the whole story be, you know, the norm was arm was fighting cancer and that stuff he apparently did have a hilarious thing near death about battling cancer the idea that you're battling cancer was was something that he just went off on a tangent so i didn't get home till like midnight last night i was doing i had some stuff going on and then i started watching norm videos and damn i was up till 2 30 in the morning looking oh my at god stuff, yeah looking at some of the stuff and you know we all of the sb thing is famous but there are so many appearances on tv yes. shows where he just you know he's he's on a radio show where it must be a podcast because he's, he's swearing and stuff and and he says <laughs> something about uh a uh a doctor suggesting, you know, anyway, they're suggesting he was fat, you know? So the guy, uh, the, the guy says something sympathetic about that. He says, no, he was saying I was a fat bleep. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you wonder if, uh, some of that bloating that he had in his face and stuff might've been from, you know, getting chemotherapy and stuff like that, but he never told anybody about it. Uh, what a guy! I mean, I, I bunch of the the uh, the Saturday Night Live guys were uh, you know came out and were talking about him, and he was like the he was like the guy that all the comedians thought was the funniest guy of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, he got fired, of course, there because Olvire, the head of NBC, was a big buddy of OJ's, 
and he wouldn't stop it. No, he wouldn't, he wouldn't stop making OJ murder jokes on That's Weekend right. Update. <laughs> did you go back and watch that, Pat? That is every joke he did about like a person wrote a book or something would would end with, and OJ said he did it, or and yeah, it yeah, was right. every one of those things. It's hilarious. Uh, a lot of updates on the search. I saw one on the search for the real killer. And we have three sketches of what the real killer looked like. And they were all OJ, you know, of course they were all sketches of OJ. Yeah, he was, uh, he was unbelievable. He's that Howard Stern joke on Uncle Terry that goes on about nine minutes is, is one of the all time greats too. He had a run. I forgot, I, I forgot that his weekend update run was like four years. I mean, yeah, he yeah. was. Was he so? Dennis Miller did it in the eighties. Where, 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 where is Norm Macdonald on sort of the, the weekend update packing order? His satire, you know, everybody who does satire keeps it a little below the surface, but because uh, that's the definition of satire. But his was, his was much more subtle. That that you had to be a. You had to be listening to every sentence mm-hmm. to see where the hell Norm was going with yeah. stuff and where the joke was. But uh, man, I love that guy. His I, stuff. I thought, he, I thought he was the best. His stuff on Conan is phenomenal. Because oh, yes. Conan would just allow him to tell those those Seven jokes that jokes. didn't last, and and he'd be cracking up. And <laughs> and the best part to that point, Pat, is there, there were times it was clear that nobody but his fellow comedians had any idea what was funny about it. Yes. Like, yeah, they'll they, be dying laughing, and the uh, audience will be completely quiet, the, the and he famous, loves it. The famous seven-minute moth joke about yes. all, the, all the emotional problems that I the watched. moth was going through. <laughs> like the it was moth, the trouble that the moth was having and, and mispronouncing all these ethnic <laughs> names and stuff like that. And then, they, and then the punchline is, so why did you come to me? <laughs> the moth says the light was on. <laughs> after, this, after the whole seven, and Norm thought that was hilarious. But I don't think he told those like time and again, did they? Either? I mean, he, a lot of them he he told, and you know, I think a lot of them changed in the retelling too, because he would change the change the whole build. The, the build up was always, you know, the, this outrageous build up. Which then had a punchline that was just as simple as could be. I wanted, I, I wanted, if because there's probably some younger people that that watch us on YouTube. If you haven't ever seen Norm Macdonald at the ESPYS in what like <laughs> the mid mid or late nineties, I can't remember what year it was. Just Google Norm Macdonald ESPYS. One ever, I believe, in ninety nine, wasn't it? Okay, first I mean, it, it's like oh, 1998, 1998 ESPYS. It is. I'm not sure if ESPN executives knew exactly what they were getting oh. themselves into, but it's one of the most funny and uncomfortable stand-up oh, monologues the, you'll the, ever see. The guys out in the, the guys out in the crowd. The Charles Woodson thing is the famous one, but even worse was the Anthony Mason joke. How old was the girl that they honored there? You know, they were honoring like this ten-year-old girl for something, and he says. That's even too young for Anthony Mason. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, Can you a, imagine? Who got a kid? Oh, that was the crowd, and that's the one that went. Oh, <laughs> the guys were covering their heads and stuff. 
out in the crowd. <laughs> so the all right, I'm gonna I, I just I'm, I'm not gonna do it justice, but yeah. this is the Norm Macdonald. I got the transcript from the ESPYS, the Charles Woodson, and there's Charles Woodson. How about that? And you knew like, oh god, what's okay. gonna happen? <laughs> what a season he had. He became the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. Congratulations, Charles. That's something that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife and a waiter, in which case all bets are off. <laughs> Is the Anthony Mason joke on there? Or did they delete it? It's the, the the. I just found a transcript of the of the of that one, Charles that one. Woodson yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was a young girl that was getting some honor, or so she was bad. a young singer or something. She's even too young for Anthony Mason. <laughs> God, the crowd is never invited back and not not surprisingly i i heard uh somebody talking about they had a they have a they had an snl 40-year reunion thing and a big yep. reception after it and and everybody got a script and and they were supposed to do this thing and then you know the three guys to build up build up to the introduction of chevy uh, chevy i mean chevy chase and uh and then norm was the fourth guy and he just rambled on for like minutes he was supposed to say his sentence or something and he just started because they you know deep in his heart he had to be white he had to be bitter about these guys getting rid of him even if even if a four-year run was long enough for him he probably had to be bitter about being yeah for, for sure <laughs> anyway he will uh he uh those little walk-in appearances he probably was never wealthy huh he probably was never wealthy like he should no, i mean he was you know he he Movies. was in he was in some decent movies, but never. I don't. He was never like Will Ferrell, you know, making fifteen, twenty million. The first, the first time I ever saw Norm, because I was like ten when he was doing Weekend Update, so I wasn't an SNL watcher. I saw Dirty Work in the late nineties or early two thousand. That's the that's my first Norm Macdonald experience ever. Yeah, and I'm like, who, who is this guy? Yeah, was, <laughs> the delivery. Uh, I mean, it's not often that a celebrity can have cancer long-term and we don't know about it, right? Yeah. We, we never hear about it. So he didn't want the publicity on that either. Odd, odd fella. There's no doubt about it. I bet, the, uh, you know, I, I bet the, uh, the companion has some stories to tell, oh, you know, a, a compulsive, a psychotic gambler too. Sports gambler. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big, you know, crazy. How did he know? Because he, he showed up one, like Blake Griffin, another great line. There's a clip that's floating around yesterday. So Blake Griffin won the Rookie of the Year award, and he's doing a press conference, whatever, 10, 12 years ago. And Norm McDonald shows up with that Norm McDonald like, goofy grin, and he's among all the reporters in the mm-hmm. crowd. And he gets the microphone on NBA TV and, hey, Blake, it's your longtime friend, Norm. Um. Uh, <laughs> And he has he has to question like you know it's uh it's going to be tough uh, because most people that win the rookie of the year award have a hard time repeating or like winning it a second time or something. Do you just think some again? So, like was he friends with Blake Griffin? Like or did yeah, he just well, randomly show up? Know, to this uh, he and Euchre are buddies, I guess. He and Euchre <laughs> are buddies. They probably met. I, I don't know how they met, but he and Euchre. He was saying Euchre's one of his best friends. I saw something, but then he does this wonderful mock-ups of conversations with euchre you know and euchre says hey you know that singer down there that's uh you know creedence clearwater revival you know you ever hey that guy's a pretty good singer he's got euchre saying he got a sports a sports parody show on comedy central at some point as well so yeah he loves sports and i i guess I, i guess he and uh 
was a huge golf guy. Yeah, yeah he'd, sh- ever, he'd ever, show up to these celebrity events. For yeah, sure. you ever yeah. follow him on Twitter? Yeah, he would, you could tell when he was watching a game and and gambled on it, you know, because he'd be he'd be ripping this guy and mad at that guy and making observations. I think his his line on gambling too was it's the only disease you can make money off of. Is gambling. <laughs> I saw that quote yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. I think I think the mind of a comedian might be the oh, most yeah. interesting mind of I any think, of us. I think these are the good ones are incredibly talented people. Well, like Kaufman. Because, because people have been telling jokes right for centuries. How do you tell one that hasn't been told before? Yeah. How do you tell you know one that you're not stealing from somebody else, mm-hmm. which is a, a capital offense in that industry? So and yeah. and how how are you that quick? Like McDonald, Kaufman, think about how quick the, those guys are on their feet to immediately come back with things. That's what impresses yeah. me. But yeah, they are some they are some interesting and I think um, Mel personally tortured people. Well, the, the 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 greatest example of that is the two thousand year old man with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, because this is way before Declan and and uh, Phil's time, and maybe even yours. But Mel Brooks would come out; he'd be the two thousand year old man, and Reiner would give him no hint as to what the conversation was. It was all spontaneous. Did you ever see uh, Mel Brooks when he's ninety years old and he's on with Jimmy Glick? And he's, you know, Jimmy Glick. I love Jimmy Glick. Jimmy Glick says, what is it? What is your grudge against Nazis? That's his question. It says, Nazis? Mel Brooks said a minute later, a second later, he says, Nazis. I thought they were rude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Jimmy Glick stuff's unbelievable. It's so uncomfortable. It's great. Anyway, yeah, Norm. Norm McDonald, man. Yeah, the world is the world is less funny and sarcastic today. Um, What else? What else is on your mind around the Minnesota sports sphere today, Pat? well, I'm very curious about uh, both these football teams. I, uh, I, uh, you know, in my own crotchety, grumpy way, uh, certainly in the middle of August, I thought they were both. Well, not the middle of August when the when the Vikings training camp started at the end of July. I thought they're both going to be really good, and then I, you know, started to waver with everybody else about the uh, about the. Uh, I started to waver with everybody else about the Vikings when the training camp got thrown off the wheels, but I, I thought the Gophers, you know, it's, it's hard to judge the Gophers at all on a Miami Ohio game, because if you look at flex record, that's the way they play early in the season. It is the year they went 11 to three, they damn near lost to Georgia Southern. They were beat by friends and they got better and better and better. So I'll be interested to see uh, Colorado lost a tough game. They apparently have no offense. And I would think the Gophers, when they're when they're playing a team that isn't explosive offensively, they have a better that that's their game. That's that's fine with them. They can they can outbore you. You're going to have to score long. You know, you're going to have to beat them by, you know, being better than they are athletically, offensively. So I, the, I think that's a real interesting game. Colorado. I've been looking at I'm I'm I've been looking at like Action Network and just like where the where the sports books see this game, and it's very much. 
a lot of two, a lot of two and a half Colorado sort of. A, I think the over under is in the mid fifties. So Action Network and another site have it th- like thirty to twenty seven. Um, so I, I was out there. Uh, I was out there only once for a Gopher game in Boulder. Uh, that's when Bill McCartney uh, was in the height of being the most religious cheater in the history of college. Bad. You know, the man started Promise Keepers, but Promise Keepers, great cheats in the history of uh, college football. And he had that Colorado. He had that bunch of uh, that great. That's when they were right with Nebraska and Oklahoma, right? Fifty-eight. Oh, that one was for poor old Goody. That yeah. was. Uh, that was. Uh, that was not uh, athletically. That was a mismatch when I was out there. How did the Gophers have no passing yards in the second half of that last game? That's my know. question. How do you have zero passing yards against Miami of Ohio? I think they I thought know. they were just going to shut it down. Like they're all oh, up by three touchdowns. Let's yeah. just yeah, let's just run it home. I mean, they, you can you can mess around with it, but I I texted Chip Chip during the game, you know, and he was there, and he said they quit. He said they quit playing for a quarter. Yeah. You know, after he in the third late in the third quarter, he said they quit. They not they're not trying to do anything. Right, the players. So I don't know. Here's something I I did one observation I made though when I when I saw the and I, and I might have mentioned this to Judd a couple of days ago. Uh, I saw the predictions and the eight or nine guys made predictions in the Star Tribune right as to what the Vikings were going to do before the opener, and there was seven in tens to 10 and sevens, but there were more five, there were more under 500s than over 500. And I was saying compared to what the predictions would have been before the first day of training camp, it's amazing what, what training camp and the preseason did to the outlook for this, the, the public, it was, this was kind of a microcosm of, the public's perception of them. I think the public and most of us thought they're going to be pretty good. And now you got everybody saying, ah, they'll be lucky to be 500. Of course, losing to Cincinnati adds that, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. They could go down and play pretty good against Arizona. I mean, the the first game to me just verified what, the national and Vegas perception was about this team, which was sort of eight and a half over under, maybe they'll get to nine. And I think everyone locally tends to be, well, obviously more optimistic and well, no, it's more like ten or eleven wins, and I don't know. They don't they don't build those buildings on the strip because they're <laughs> off by three when they're setting oh. a futures line. My best one the other day was I saw Coastal Carolina. I was I saw Coastal Carolina was playing Kansas, right? And and Kansas has somehow managed to put together the worst football program in the country, and the number was twenty six and a half, twenty six and a half. I, I, so I, I tweeted that out for some reason. I don't even know why. Final score, 27. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Coastal, Coastal Carolina. How do, how do you, how do you how feel, do you Pat? you know how you can judge Coastal Carolina out here in the Atlantic Ocean and this prairie team with a new coach? You know? Playing cross-conference games they've never yeah. played before. Like in the NFL, at least you know, all right, the Vikings play the Packers twice a year. You can probably set a line on that. How do you feel, by the way, but you bring up Kansas being one of the most garbage power five programs in college football history. How do you feel that the Vikings offensive coordinator was their wide receivers coach just five years ago? It's a little unsettling to me. It was great there. What are you talking about? I'm sure he was great. Hey, May said that team ranked fourth in the country. Yep. Fourth in the country. And took the Georgia job and backed out. Yes. 
that was before uh, he came here. Supposedly a family. I bet he take. I bet he had to do it over again. He take the Georgia job, wouldn't he? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think he likes his uh, his, his his media contributor gig now. I think it's worked no, out well for him. He's, plus, he's making money in the business world too. You know, he's yeah, got a little he's Louis. Different. He's got a little Louis. In I've always told you that, Pat. I I think Louis got a hold of Mace and said, "Here's the key to long term yeah. survival and doing very well w- without pressure in this market." Where's Louis? By the way, I haven't talked to him in a month. Usually, I get usually something pops up. He's in the news. Or Tell him something. to go fix this Kaprizov contract situation. That's what they need him for right now. Yeah, yeah. I he might have to go to Russia. Judd isn't worried. He's we're we're going to outweigh him, and he's going to sign a thing. You know who? Uh, you know who would be a great combination? Garen Garen as Zim's GM. Garen, oh, they uh, were... Garen's a hard ass yeah. redneck. Thing. Yeah. Old there time. would be a lot of MFs used behind <laughs> closed doors if you could secretly record those conversations. This yeah, this bleeper. Garen. Yeah, Garen is Garen is old time hockey. He's not afraid to hurt their feelings. So. Yep. All right, Pat. We'll see you on Friday, sir. All right. All right. Farewell, Norm McDonald. You wonderful sob. Yep. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to Pat on Friday. Mackie and Judd. If you love to travel, you love cool experiences, I think you're going to love Viator. If you haven't heard, Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace. They've got everything from simple tours to extreme adventures, all the cool and interesting stuff in between as well. Well, this year, my wife and kids are making one of my bucket list trips come true. We're going to Sun Valley. So we're going to fly to Sun Valley, and I tell you, the thought of bringing skis, poles, boots, snowboards, everything overwhelming. But that's where Viator came in. They made this incredibly easy. I just opened the Viator app, searched Sun Valley, and boom, Viator arranges a first-class experience, custom ski, snowboard, and boot fittings and tickets delivered right to the condo. It's pretty amazing. Experiences are what we love most about travel. They create these long-lasting moments and make memories that will last a lifetime. Just download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.